Fantastic. Uh, is this Rubio? Do we have Rubio on the show? Yes, Jamie. I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's how we're starting yeah. this one, baby. Uh, everything. If I'd known that was the plan, I would have been. <laughs> yeah, we're reviewing Peggy and the Pirates. We're excited for this one. Uh, my name is Al. Kiss me or kiss the sharks. Okie dokie, Captain Daddy. All right. Okay, this is the first time in a long time that Alex stole my opener. Oh, my. Dude, when we talked about it, I said, do you have an opener? And you go, yeah, for some weird reason, I had a feeling you, you knew. I, I don't know. <laughs> you left out the wenches part, too. Come, wenches, kiss me or kiss the sharks. Ah, uh, should I redo it? <laughs> <laughs> no, leave all of it. And I'm Dan, and I definitely don't have split ends. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> I mean, this is after yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Thanks for explaining, Jamie. <laughs> I think Lacey was pretty thorough the one time. <laughs> it never ends, you know. I this is my this is my safe zone, you know, my my little vacation away from bald jokes, but but and it was infiltrated. <laughs> exactly. Well, like I said, Peggy and the Pirates, Season 7, Episode 18, the long-awaited Episode 18, for a reason or two. <laughs> Actually, two for sure. Yeah. Original air date, February 28th, 1993. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Richard German. While reading a romance novel, Peg fantasizes that she is a lady in distress, and Al's the pirate who saves her. And Al likes the lady in distress, in distress, and distress. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. It was. <laughs> so Eric Munyuk, who played Jerry in season five's Will Follow the Sun, did you recognize his face? He, in this episode, is Black Bob. Remember the guy who kept fighting with Al on the freeway? Oh, that's that same dude? That's him. Oh, right on. Crazy, right? Uh, martial arts legend Judo Gene LaBelle appears in this episode as Black Ben. Frank Lloyd, we all know him, who played Norris, uh, appears in this episode as Black Bert. 
The title of this episode comes from an action-adventure comic strip, Terry and the Pirates, created by cartoonist Milton Caniff. It ran from 34 to 73, believe it or not. There were a lot of pirate movies in the 40s uh, to the 60s. I think that this episode's storyline might be a parody of The Princess and the Pirate. It's a 1994 uh, comedy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it starred Bob Hope and Virginia Mayo. The movie's about a princess who travels, uh, you know, like incognito uh, to elope with this guy she loves instead of marrying the guy she's engaged to. And uh, her ship's attacked by pirates who plan to kidnap her and hold her for ransom, unaware that she will be rescued by the unlikeliest of knights. So... <laughs> So, of course, the big special guest star is David Garrison, and you're probably wondering, where's Jerry Herring? The thing you ask any podcaster, what's the one thing you hate about podcasting? Scheduling. Jerry Herring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that was... Yes. Wow. I really did kind of leave that open. Sorry, Jerry. Yeah, it's scheduling, and it just could not happen. I know a lot of you might be disappointed, but Jerry did say that he will send in a clip. So we will hear from Jerry on this episode. It just won't be uh, his play-by-play. It just won't be in person, thank the Lord. (laughs) So this is Steve Rhodes' second of four appearances, or should I say reappearances, in the show since he left. And it only gets worse from here. Well, no, actually, there's one. Well, one is not that great, but then there's one that is just fantastic. Yeah, this Tremaine radio thing or something like. Oh god! Once we get to those those episodes, it's gonna be like, ugh. So this is the first and only episode that features the entire Bundy Rhodes Darcy household and seven. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, big question for you guys. Did he even bother you in this episode? For me, no. No. Especially when you know he's leaving. How could he bother you? you I mean, <laughs> how picky can you get here? I feel like you're biased. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, know, you know there's an end in sight. Well, I mean, and listen, he was a uh, he was a catalyst for the story as well. You know, he got things moving. So. Yeah, he had a purpose. Like, for once, though. That's what I'm saying. So, like. Not too many times could you have a situation where Peg is reading to a child. Although I guess, yeah, with this, you probably could. Would maybe ba- bring back Baby Bud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, with the built-in <laughs> feet pajamas, or whatever. But you're right, though. I, I was so, um, I guess, distracted by, like you said, the whole cast. I mean, even Buck was there on the ship. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. Everybody was there. So I didn't mind him in this episode. I really didn't. No, he wasn't even annoying. No. You know, it was a nice send-off. I ask you this every time. Is this his last one? This is it. We're done, man. Wow. So he basically, they used him for one good idea the entire run. Yes. This is it? That's it. We will (laughs) never see Seven again except for a joke. Where his and head. Nothing is ever mentioned. The last thing I said to him is go to bed. Right. <laughs> that is amazing. And like I said, fitting as well. Yeah. Well, he walked the plank, man. 
<laughs> and it's funny, we went in depth. Like, people watch. We're not the only people on Earth to go in depth on this. But we are probably, you know, three out of seven on Earth. <laughs> you know, to go. And, and what I mean is, you know, research at the episode. Talk about it in depth. Every fine detail almost, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen somewhere there's a book. Yeah, there is. Remember that guy he kept on talking about it? That's why yeah. I said that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a, every time, every, every post. It was like, oh, but read this book. Oh, but read this book. And I'm like, well, you read the book. Right. <laughs> He's like, I wrote the book. I was like, well, read it over. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on tape. Yeah, yeah, right. Put it on tape. Shut up. Get away from my... Uh, <laughs> Get out of my group. <laughs> I will burn your book. Yeah, our our podcast is kind of like a book on tape. You know, it's like the longest book on it. I think it's longer than uh, The Stand. It's, it's longer than it's chapter one and two. The party continues with a special swashbuckling episode of Married with Children. That's right. And Leslie Nielsen guest stars as God. On Herman's Head. Sunday, beginning at 8 on Fox 5. Episode opens up with a shot of a pirate ship above their bed. Now, this picture was never there before, right? There's a picture, but it's not that. There's no way, right? Yeah, okay. I don't recall ever seeing that one. No. So, Peg dreams that... This is a really great opening joke. Oh, baby, that's so good. I never knew it could be like this. Al. Peg. Al. Peg. Al. Peg, shut up. (laughs) Oh, Al. We had the most wonderful dream. We were having sex. (laughs) Actually, I shouldn't say we. You weren't there. Oh, yeah? Then why were you calling Al? I wanted you to see how it was done. <laughs> like, that is such a great opening joke. Like, you know, sometimes you can roll your eyes at the typical sex uh, humor or whatever. You know how the Simpsons parody it. But, God, sometimes they're really good, and this is one of them. I agree. I agree. It was great. So, Seven intrudes for the final time. <laughs> Mommy, I can't sleep. Read me a story. Hop on in. Come on, honey. Oh, no. Good boy. There we go. Now, Peg, where am I supposed to sleep? You know, this is why I always said we should have a stable. (laughs) That would be like an open invitation for your mother to come and stay with us. You know, a place with straw and a nice gate she can rest her breasts on. (laughs) I guess I'll have to go to the only place I can truly call home. So, Al seeks refuge in the bathroom. Peg's looking for a good bedtime story. And she accidentally turns on her vibrator in her drawer while Seven is looking at her. (laughs) This kid is really right there. Now, we don't know how this went down, like if it was in post or whatever, but the live audience seems to be laughing. Now... What would you? How do you explain this to this kid who might say, "What is the buzzing sound that everyone's going to be laughing at?" Well, um, what I would have done is taken an electric razor 
and before I shot the scene, I would be like, this is going to be silly to seven. I would have been, well, you know, or the kid, Sean. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, I forgot. Shane. <laughs> Shane. Okay, Shane Sweet. Yeah. Uh, to the kid, I would have been like, this is going to be so funny. We're going to play the electric razor. And then, you know, put it right. in the drawer. And then, yeah, she'll say, I use this to shave my armpits. Isn't that funny? You know? And then he goes, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I've been lying to kids for years. <laughs> Especially when you tell them, I'm going to have one of my own like you. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, this isn't poison. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, oh, about a nice pirate story. It's very exciting. A ship called Passion. Does it have water action and stuff? Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was reading it before I went to bed, and I had a very nice sleep. <laughs> Now, does that not sound like one of those books, like on this in the supermarket next to the Daniel Steele books? That's exactly yes. <laughs> I thought she wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think Griff is reading this book in season eleven. Oh, really? Yeah, an episode called "Bud on the Side." Yes, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, so that's a cool. T- that's a cool callback. <laughs> now let's see here. Okay. Beautiful Princess Scarlet looked o'er the bounding main as she sailed from her father's realm to meet her betrothed, Prince Paco the Magnificent, for the very first time. The blue waves lapped gently against the shore. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> what problem, Pete? <laughs> so, Al flooded the toilet. And he goes into his safe behind a mirror, and it holds plungers and a gun. <laughs> but it looked like a pirate gun or some weird kind of gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like an yeah. old-fashioned gun? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I thought it was so stupid to have a safe for plungers, even though that's something Al would do. But having the gun there kind of makes it seem like, oh, well, he's keeping it away from the kids. Right. Exactly. So, Peg starts reading this book, then you get a shot of the ship in the water. Now, the water looks fake as hell, but I must say the ship, like, wow. What did you guys think about that? Because Ted McGinley, he said that was the best set we've had, and all the others agree. I completely agree. I thought it was fantastic. I was actually very, very impressed with it. I loved it. I thought it... It gave it a very stage show quality. Mm-hmm. And there was one point, I think it was right before the big battle, that the sound made me think of a stage show. Like the way they were, right. like you'd hear them walking. Right. It was, it was like you were at a play. Yeah. And I was just like, it's really neat. I like, I, I don't know, I liked it. Obviously, the, the background above uh, sea level like the sky, that was clearly not real either. It's funny because it's like you can't fool with the lighting, you know? You know when someone has sunlight as as their lighting, <laughs> and then when you have unnatural light like this. But they did make an effort at some point, I noticed, I because I was trying to see if they tried at all to make this somewhat realistic, and you, you see Peg and this other pirate dude's hair blowing in the wind. As, as soon as this whole thing starts, I kind of forgot to take notice of it as it kept going. 
but they at least did that to provide some sort of atmosphere, you know? But you can't fake sunlight. It just, you know. All right, now where were we? As day broke over Madagascar, so did the heart of Princess Scarlet, for her ship was taken by the vile pirate Captain Courage. The voluptuous vixen was a prisoner, not of love, but of evil. If only they were better looking. <laughs> Unhand me, you ruthless rapscallions. You'll pay dearly for this. My betrothed, Prince Paco the Magnificent, will have your social disease-ridden hides. Now where is your captain that I may spit in his eye? Where he goes after every great conquest. To be alone, to work on the captain's log. <laughs> Courage. I had to swing in because it's wet back there. Al swings in on a rope because <laughs> he flooded the bathroom here, too. <laughs> like, this is some book Peg's reading, huh? They flood toilets, yeah. they you know, do all this other stuff we'll get to. <laughs> so what do you think of Al's look? He has the long hair again. And you don't know what's the scariest part? My hair is exactly the same length as Al's right now. <laughs> do you ever rock the bandana? Oh, every day. Yeah. <laughs> because I wear a hard hat for work. So you, oh, so you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I tie mine in a ponytail and then put the bandana on. Oh, despise those hard hats. Can you imagine if I left the hair on the sides and back like he does in this episode? <laughs> what people would think of me? <laughs> so, yeah, he's dressed up like a pirate. He has the whole get-up going on. Um, his name is Captain Courage. Now, I think he could have had a better name than that. Yes, I, I totally agree. I was like, you know, I thought I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I thought maybe it would come back in a joke. Right. You know, like they would use it like, oh, it's not funny now, but like, you know, put it here and it's hilarious. And then the joke never came. So I don't understand the, the whole uh, Captain Cards thing either. No. Nope. Where is the cabin boy? How may I serve you, sir? You can swab the deck in my quarters, ye of cropped hair and dubious sexuality. Aye, aye, sir, but I seem to have lost my mop. May I use your nose hairs as bristles? <laughs> Mock me if you will, cabin boy girl. Now go, before I make you walk the plank. Or should I say, walk yourself. I sense you are threatened by my androgyny Perhaps it is that encounter that you had with your strange uncle pirate that haunted you I am not gay <laughs> Any man can live with his mother till he's 40 So, uh, Marcy plays the cabin boy girl <laughs> What do you think of that role? That's kind of unforgettable that she does no i gotta say that <laughs> and i i don't mean to be jumping the gun so much here but man the the use of marcy or joking at marcy's expense was used to its fullest potential in this episode <laughs> it's fascinating amanda burst could never have imagined what she'd be subjected to when this show started or 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 christina applegate the two of them 
Just think of their characters in season one compared to today. Or should I say 93? (laughs) Right. Yeah, not exactly today. You know, their characters are just ridiculed. But Marcy is on another level because we all know that Christina's acting stupid. Right. (laughs) You're really mocking Amanda Burris, essentially. Right. Right. I agree. You know? Like like I said in a prior episode, I give her as much credit as these fat women or more. <laughs> no, I think I agree because she takes it on a weekly basis. It's constant. Prior to Jefferson, when she was with Steve, there were a lot of sexual jokes. Like, but they had sex all the time. They were into each other. They're, you know, and then... It kind of got worse because now it's just everyone's making... And only Al made fun of her. He called her chicken legs, you know, things like that. But now everyone makes fun of her. And Jefferson, quite a bit. It's, her character has taken a completely different look as far as that goes. Yeah, she went from just chicken jokes to, like, flat as a board and, you know, boy, uh, hey, hey, young boy, oh, I thought you were my wife. <laughs> That was never happening back in the day. You know, like, it evolved into you better have a thick skin to be this character. You know, it's, I just, I should have told her that left, right, and center when we interviewed her. Maybe I'll try to get her back and I'll start talking about this type of stuff, you know? (laughs) Right. Um, Like, are you emotionally scarred from this? (laughs) God. Right. Al had a strange encounter with his uncle. And has to clarify once again that he is not gay. Call back to Heels on Wheels. I am not gay. That's almost becoming like a mantra. Right. Even the dog agrees. <laughs> Little Jules does agree. <laughs> Long John Jules. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're actually, I didn't say that we're doing this from the nudie bar. Because we're not. You see, we wanted the full experience of this episode so we are out to sea we are on a pirate ship a real life pirate ship i think it's uh what it say on the thing it this belongs to one-eyed willie i think yeah well i get that but why do i have to be out here on the plank one-eyed willie <laughs> that's what it said on the uh on the registration that's from the goonies oh okay wow we're on that one that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what it said on the registration one-eyed willie so yeah we're at sea and doing this episode to get the authentic experience because that's how we do it here Um, it's such a big deal that we had to do the same thing Captain men would like a shot Big Red please no (laughs) Uh, the pirates all want to sleep with Peg or Raper however you want to put it (laughs) let's be honest here not now, Wilbur. Me thinks that Scarlet will bring a bigger ransom as a virgin. <laughs> I got frustrated with this whole um, thing because it went back and forth so many times right to the bitter end. So, you know, because I never, you know, I just watched this episode. I never took notes. So I take them as I go, not thinking of future lines or anything. So why would Captain Courage think Peg is a virgin when, you know, she's like in her late 30s, early 40s, you know? He don't know for sure, but she's clearly around those ages, right? And especially the way she's talking, too. I would assume that she's not. Right. So right there, let's just make that observation for now. But these wenches are fair game. 
But as usual, the first choice goes to my first mate, Fluvio the Handsome. Ho, Fluvio! Hello, me pretties! <laughs> Which is Bud. <laughs> Bud as a hunchback. He must be drinking the water in Visaria, right, Jamie? Oh. Wow, what a deep cut. <laughs> That's a skeleton crew deep cut right there, guys. Looks like you'll all have to listen to the skeleton crew so you can understand it. <laughs> yeah, look up the episode called uh, Frankula and Drakenstein. It's time to partake of a hot flagon of fluvio. <laughs> you there! How would you like to play a game of hide the hooters with fluvio? <laughs> Come, wenches! Kiss me or kiss the sharks. So he gave them the option, so they all jumped to their death into the ocean, the freezing ocean where there's no chance of survival. They are dead instead of making love to Fluvio. (laughs) Yes. And I love how they have to make him uglier than he is in normal life, which he can't get laid there either, right? Yeah, and that's what I loved about this episode too, though, because, you know, we try and find consistencies within the universe of Married with Children that is supposed to be taken for reality. Right. So then when you take it out of reality and you can kind of push it as far as you want and then do exaggerated versions of already exaggerated, you know, setups, uh, it's perfect. And, and, the, and the Bud thing is a perfect example of that. And I loved it. Uh, it was great. It was. How many times do I have to tell you, don't give them a choice? <laughs> Let us flee these waters, infested by my mortal enemy, Rubio the Cruel. We'll sail for our hideaway, where girls do our wishes for bags filled with fishes. <laughs> where is the ship's navigator? Here, Captain Daddy. Uh... So Kelly's the ship's navigator. Fetch with Long John Buck, and I, I forgot we were at sea. Buck went overboard because Kelly threw a frisbee into the ocean, and Buck went and got it. I don't know how on earth he got back on the the ship. <laughs> Did he do like Jason and just pull up on the? Oh no, that was an anchor that Jason got on uh, <laughs> for Jason Takes Manhattan, right? Yep, <laughs> that's a mystery in itself. It is. Buck is called uh, Long John Buck. And that's obviously Long John Silver, who was in the book Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. I actually read that book when I was like 12. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but that was like back when you read and just keep uh, zoning out after like four words, and then you read a paragraph, and you have to read it over 40 times. Still happens, bro. (laughs) The only time that doesn't happen is when I'm reading like an autobiography or something, like a lot of times if I'm reading just books and stuff, I might still zone out. But I have to have a real interest in it, and then I don't. Right, 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 right. But anything for school, that's what I did. Navigator, we're sailing to our hideout. Do your job. Okie dokie, Captain Daddy. <laughs> now, in case of an emergency, please use the exits clearly marked on the port and starboard sides of the ship. And in case of a water landing... Fluvio has many delightful flotation devices already blown up in his cabin. (laughs) But please, don't grab their chests, for the plastic is wearing thin. Get it, because he touches the boobs a lot. 
<laughs> yeah, Jamie's doing my shtick today. <laughs> she explains all the obvious jokes. <sighs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, Bud's uh, inflatable women carried over from real life. And, and again, what book is this? Is Peg really reading this book? And who the hell would write something like this? <laughs> right. Exactly. Was this a Michael Moy Ron Levitt uh, romance novel? Uh, I believe it was William Pattinson. <laughs> oh, God, dude. How can you bring that name up? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I would have never thought of him again. I could have I lived 300 years and he would have never popped back up unless I listened to some old Skeleton Crew shows. Oh, only in nightmares. Ugh. <laughs> Amazing how you pull that name out of the thin air. Oh. Or in his case, fat air. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the, the B story, clearly, which it's barely, is Al battling with the clogged toilet. Um, so we're back to that. Then he has to go with uh, another plunger because one broke and it's, it's old Betsy or something like that. Well, that story never even gets resolved. No. She just goes into the bathroom and attacks him. Spoiler. Right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler. I was waiting for the, the resolve, too. Um, and it just never happened. So Al here says, uh, this time it's personal. And that's the tagline from Jaws uh, 4. Revenge. Jaws 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure I say 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and in uh, Back to the Future Part 2, that was spoofed because um, it was stated that there would be no more sequels after that Jaws. Um, so um, they figured that by 2015, there would be like Jaws 19 directed by you know Max Spielberg. And the tagline <laughs> in Back to the Future 2 was, this time, it's really, really personal. Yes. <laughs> so that was cool. Later that day, as the welcoming sun caressed the curvaceous princess, she found herself alone with Captain Courage. I wanted to hate that man and his rascal ways, but after a while I discovered something about him. A zest for life, a je ne sais quoi that was hard to resist. Peg is, you know, the days are going by. She's she's trapped on this bow. We get like a, a bit of a montage kind of thing going about the all her her long journey being stuck with uh, Captain Courage, him picking his ear and stuff. The days became endless, and I became dizzy with wonder. Where was I? Where was Prince Paco, my fearless rescuer? Where was the Domino's pizza ship? <laughs> 30 days or less, my ass. I have another one of those insane coincidences. So as I'm watching this episode, I swear to God, I hang out with like a group of like the same people all the time. It's kind of like I told somebody on a podcast. It's like I sort of live like a 90210 life in a weird way. Like I have the same. (laughs) I swear to God. Like it's always us. It's always me, my wife, and the same other eight people all the time. And they're all couples. Right. <laughs> and it's kind, of, it's kind of like that in a weird way. So we all have a huge group text. So one of the, the girls writes, quick question, you guys. 
Domino's or Pizza Hut? What? How crazy is that? I mean... <laughs> that is probably a question that would be, like, posed to Aaron Duncan. Yeah, he should answer <laughs> You know, that's his question. Aaron Duncan, by the way, I know you're listening. Yep. <laughs> Pizza Hut or Domino's? <laughs> to which the answer is clearly Pizza Hut. Oh, wow. Everyone said Pizza Hut is garbage and Domino's is what? a clear winner. Jamie, are you, are you being serious right now, Jamie? Absolutely. What? I don't eat either of them. Neither do I. But back in the day, Pizza Hut was always the best. Domino's was crap, at least where I was. That Okay. Key statement. Pizza Hut was back in the day. Now, uh, I will agree. I will completely agree. Go to a Pizza Hut tomorrow <laughs> and tell me, I dare you to tell me that that is good pizza. Oh, no, I can't do that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't spoil the memory. Just pizza. No, actually, we did. You you know what? You're not wrong. We, we went to a Pizza Hut. It was probably like a year ago. And I was like, we we're pa- there's one we pass all the time. I'm like, you know what? I have never, I haven't gotten since I moved to Michigan was Pizza Hut. Oh, lucky you. And I was like, let's get, let's get some Pizza Hut. So they don't have the barbecue anymore, which is what I absolutely love. The, that was always my favorite. They don't have that anymore. And right. then we ordered some sauce yep. and their four ounce cup of sauce had two ounces of sauce in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like ketchup with egg noodles, just like you said in the movie. And oh, I was good fellas, yeah. so yeah. angry, and I thought, but I thought it was just that franchise. Like I thought it was that particular place, but maybe the whole thing's gone downhill. I don't. Oh know. yeah, I think it's them as a whole. Yeah, I don't eat fast food pizza myself. I'm a pizzeria guy. Okay. Yeah, I would never ever eat that. Um, the only time I do is like a, any port in the storm situation. Right, 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 right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you because you're on the go a lot during work, right? So where do you – and I know I know you need your pizza like at least once a day, Alex. Uh, not once a day, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I'd say every week I have – like for lunch I'll have one slice or something. But right. it's always a pizzeria. I, I, I never even ponder walking into like a Domino's or anything. Right, right, or nothing right. like that. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think you can even get a one slice there, you know. But, <laughs> I don't think you can. No, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, no. But uh, yeah, so that was that. What do you guys think of that joke, though? I loved it. I loved it. Pizza how- dude's got thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thirty days. So somehow she contacted them while she was tied up, <laughs> and they told her. 30 days or less it'll be there and that's okay that's great i love i love pop culture references like that too right they're so bad i think i told you guys or one of you guys about this before too but we ordered a pizza one night and we got it (laughs) and we were so hungry and we were so excited to eat it and the pizza literally had no sauce on it Uh, i wish i could have saw your face it was cheesy bread, right? So we call them up. Lacey calls them up. And we're like, yeah, so we just ordered a pizza. And they're like, Jimmy! <laughs> they yell at the kid. They're like, did you forget the sauce on the pizza? He goes, oh, no. 
I bet that kid was high. Did you forget the sauce again? <laughs> I'm saying, like, he does work at Domino's, so it's... Oh, they're high. Yeah. Right. I got... I went through McDonald's and... Oh, I think I told you this, Alex. I went through McDonald's on the way home when I worked late one night and got two grilled chicken salads. Neither of them had grilled chicken. Ah, I love now, that I story. I don't know how you do that. Like, that's the best the, part of it. It's in like, the that's... name. Like, oh, this is our diet grilled chicken salad. Wow. Right? It's... This is our low-protein grilled chicken. <laughs> That's all. You just don't get it. You're not hip to it. My senses were reeling. On the ship of madness, I yearned for a voice of reason. Land ho! Funny-looking land. Made of wood, sails, oars, on a big steering thing just like us. <laughs> goof it was a ship do you know if she was the one who was working on the titanic the day they hit that iceberg (laughs) (laughs) could have been been. (laughs) prince paco the magnificent jumps aboard it's jefferson and he looks great his outfit is like perfect for him perfect character of course they really exaggerate what he is on the show he starts by brushing his hair a hundred times a day yeah, while his crew is <laughs> killing Al's crew. <laughs> Loved it. <sighs> then as I looked up, something golden struck my eye. I thought it was the sun, but it was the golden mane of Prince Paco the Magnificent. Damn wind! <laughs> <laughs> Find the dastardly Captain Courage and bring him here that he might pay for abducting my bride-to-be and causing me this uneven tan. He's been a character in pop culture for a long time, and, and you can look back to it and identify exactly what that is. But this puts a time and a place on it to where, okay, yeah, we know that, that this guy's, you know, an over-the-top pretty boy not the not the smartest dude ever, but kind of like a trophy husband type thing. And then you exaggerate that. You can have so much fun with it. And and you know, I think that they nailed it with this. Like uh, like I said with Marcy as well, they played both of those characters, uh, their exaggerated versions, perfectly, perfectly. And it's funny you you say that. You just kind of said something that made me flip a lot of what people say on its head. Everybody says that Jefferson's the male Peg. Uh-huh. But Peg is not a trophy wife. Right. That's like a major glaring omission here. <laughs> That's a big difference, right. Right. Like, it's not like Al with um, Sophia Viagra <laughs> in in <Yes>. Modern Family. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> you know? Yes, you're right. It's not like that. So... It's really not the same thing. It would be a totally different dynamic if Peg was... Well, she is younger than Al, but you, no offense to Katie Seagal, but you can't tell <laughs> exactly, right. you know? You know, uh, you never really could, I don't think. It's. It seems like the biggest weapon, though, the biggest difference is the use or the wanting or not wanting of sex by the other partner. The, right. Because... 
because Jefferson uses it to his advantage all the time. I mean, look, he he stole her credit card. Yeah, and to shut her up. It's too long ago, <laughs> right? And, and so he knows, like, listen, I'm a pretty boy. I can get out of this, you know? I'm good looking. With Al, he has to get tricked into that, into something. Right, or have his money stolen. Right, right. And, and just stolen, and then no real excuses given, you know? It's different. It is different. And I and I also don't think though that they're trying to to speak to like you know, like a, a sex thing, a sexist thing, one way or another. Like all males are like this or all females are like this. Uh, or even uh their you know, every relationship is like this. I, I just think that they're saying these two happen to be this. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, okay. they happen to just be that. Right, and, and that's not indicative of everybody, you know? No, there are people like this, and that's what we're going to show you guys, that's all. I know people like this on both sides. But there, it's not exactly a flip of ro- roles here. He's not really the the male peg. And just like in real life, there's many different variations of this, you know? Right. And and Peg never held a, a topless bartender job for as long as Jefferson has. Right. Though he did not know who I was, he was drawn to me like magic. By your fiery hair and your bodacious frame, you could be the only one to tell me where my fair Scarlet is. Tis I, you hunka hunka burning hair! I am your fair Scarlet. Well, I guess I could handle you. Many have died trying. That's why I'm still a virgin. <laughs> Earlier, she giggled. Right. Yeah, we all did. <laughs> right. So now you think that she's laughing. So now your mind goes, oh, why did she giggle before? Maybe she's giggling because of why she's a virgin. Because mm-hmm. no one can handle her. And that gets her, you know, that amuses her. <laughs> right. So then, you know, there's more to this, and that's why it becomes irritating. But we'll get to that. But let's give it a go. Watch it now! How dare you disturb me while I was perusing my copy of Seagoing Seacups? Prince Paco, sir, may I remind you of a three o'clock at the beauty parlor? Set sail! We are deep in the waters of Rubio the Cruel, who would stop at nothing to cop our precious cargo. And soon... Soon we shall kill this Philistine in a manner befitting the way he lives. Nothing will bother me as long as you do not take me away from my mistress to sea and saddle me with a wife that doth not work and kids that will not leave the ship. How about we cut off your head and feed it to the maggots? Better. <laughs> so, uh, Al is in chains. Alice in chains? They're on this episode? <laughs> I'm the man. Sorry. With the dangerous Captain Courage tied to the mast, and Paco by my side, the threat of Rubio the Cruel seemed far away. My prince bared his soul to me. He could talk for hours about his deepest passions. I'm a natural blonde. <laughs> it's really healthy. No split ends. <laughs> All it takes is a hundred strokes a day. That's the ticket. One, two... What woman wouldn't want this man? 
Jamie, is it true 100 strokes a day with a brush prevents split ends? Hey, I, why didn't you ask me? <laughs> oh, um... Well, I haven't heard from Jamie in a while. Oh, okay. That's what Marsha Brady used to say. But I got all my beauty advice from the Brady Bunch, but I would I would also double-check things. And I did read, probably in, like, Seventeen Magazine or something, that if you brush your hair that much, it will do the exact opposite. Like, it will be horrible for your hair. So I didn't do it. I had, I had gone out and... Bought this boar bristle brush. So excited to do this every and, day. And yeah, because like the idea is that especially if you use a natural bristle brush like boar bristles, that it it evenly distributes the oil from your scalp all the way down to all the strands of your hair. Oh, now I think if you use a natural bristle brush, it won't be. I think it actually is good, but I don't. I think a hundred strokes a day is too much. <laughs> well, you have a lot of sections of the head to play with, so that's true. You could do twenty in each spot, right? Uh, yeah, you could do that. Something you could like do that. that. Yeah. How many strokes do you give your hair, Alex? <laughs> well, I'm still waiting to hear back from Aaron Duncan on what I should do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm i not uh, as savvy with my hair yet. It's only been a year and a half since I can consider it long. <laughs> the guy says uh, earlier, he said, uh, Prince Paco, sir, may I remind you, you have a three o'clock at the beauty parlor. And he goes, set sail. Let's not forget his three o'clock appointment at uh, Clip and Curl, as a uh, you know referenced in the uh, Mister Empty Pants episode, right, Jamie? That's right. Yeah, he was three o'clock. Remember, we had the whole thing. Uh, I thought he was the two. He's the bitch with two o'clock. So now he moved it to three o'clock. So that's consistent. <laughs> but if he was truly the man of my dreams, why was I haunted by memories of my days and nights of Captain Courage? She thinks that she's become attached to Al. Um, So we get a montage of Al and Peg's time together. Al picking his ear, him with his hand down his pirate belt. (laughs) Uh, How about, how much do you love the one where Al looks like he's just looking out over into the water? And then he puts his leg down and zips his fly up. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Now, I've tried to recreate that scene uh, a couple times when I was on a boat for whatever reason, but someone keeps screwing up the video, so I'm afraid we'll never get that. One day. I'm hopeful. Yeah. One day. Well, the, the hair will be the same. It'll be perfect. Oh, yeah. Now I'll look like him. See? That's, See? That's weird. <laughs> but still, I was promised to Prince Paco. I couldn't break his heart. It was obvious he loved me so. (laughs) Hey, Fluvio. I sure would like some of that. What is it? It is the cabin boy girl, sir. Oh, I am smitten by that boyish kitten. When Marcy was scrubbing, I don't think her ass would naturally be moving like that, so she was definitely uh, baiting him. Working it? Yeah, she's working that ass. She's been doing that a lot. You know, the episode where her and Peg bent over in bed, as good as it gets? In the cabin. Yeah. Now this. Yeah. Ahoy, cabin boy. I am strangely attracted to you and your dubious sexuality. 
<laughs> and I to you in your easy, pretty boy manner. So let me remove all doubt and prove to you that I'm no boy. And she rips open her shirt, exposing her breasts, and Jefferson looks down at them and says, How? <laughs> Probably one of the funniest jokes ever. That was so good. You're going to remove all doubt with those flapjacks. It was the best because he paused and he just like gave it a good 10 seconds. <laughs> that was great. This episode has so many good jokes. Look closer, you idiot! <laughs> This doesn't come out of my paycheck. <laughs> so, um, another uh, false land ho, and something epic takes place. A ship crashes into them again, and Rubio the Cruel, a.k.a. Steve Rhodes, comes aboard. And he stabs a guy in the stomach, and he starts singing. <laughs> it was him. The demon of the seas, the dagger of deceit, the hardest working pirate in show business, Rubio the Cruel. Ahoy, me mates, it is I, Rubio the Cruel. (laughs) But enough good cheer. Men hide your women, women hide your heinies. For I'll bring you the unique musical styling of Rubio the Cruel. Rubets. For I'll be true to the song I sing and live and die. A pirate king, for I am a pirate king. I am the very model of a modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo and all the categories. I'm very well acquainted yeah. with matters mathematical. I was standing quite as well as simple and quite radical. I'm proud of my own theater. Ding, 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 went the bell. Zing, 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 went my heartstrings. Now we all know why he's called Rubio the Cruel. Till the end of the line. audience but now it's time to kill some people and marry the princess now him singing was would you guys say clearly a nod to his leaving the show for broadway and all this that's stuff? immediately what i thought of i i thought that his entrance um was <laughs> it, it came off uh, very gay well show tunes usually is gay that's what i'm saying but like there was one point a lot of this he was singing gilbert and sullivan over and over then all of a sudden he breaks out with the trolley song, which was made famous by Judy Garland. Right. Now, that's... A big gay icon. A big gay icon, and then he has the Rubettes, which is a, a real British band from the 70s. There is definitely gay... Overtones, undertones, in between the tones. Right, but he's, he's not. Like Mark Patton? <laughs> yeah, he's not gay like Mark Patton. I think he is, though. 
I mean, the character. Listen. I don't think the character. Oh yeah, no, like no, the ca- yeah. No, I don't know about the. I don't know about the actor. Well, no, the actor it publicly has a girlfriend. Oh, very much. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Dance all over there. Oh, very much. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the joke is that he just sang for a really long time, and he ran out of Gilbert and Sullivan. And he was saving Mikado for later. Well, no, like I said, I don't mean the the actual actor that plays him. I just mean in this episode. Oh, that a oh, Rubio might be gay. Right, right. That's who I. I'm sorry. Were we talking about some somebody different? Well, I think we were talking about Steve. Well, I was talking about David. Oh, all right. Well, see, I was talking about Steve. Alex is talking about David, and Dan's talking about Rubio. Yeah, no, the guy, the the pirate version of him on the show. Rubio. <laughs> yeah. At the end, he sings The Wandering Minstrel. Now, that's uh, the Mikado, uh, a comic opera in two, in two acts. Now, this song, um, well, I mean, in that episode with Jim Jupiter, Steve asks Marcy if she wants to, he, he, you hear in the background going, The Wandering Minstrel, you know, and then he opens the door. And he says, do you want to go see Mikado? And, you know, she she doesn't because she wants to watch Jim Jupiter do thrust squats in the house, you know. So it was, it was an exercise guy who came to help Peg uh, exercise for two weeks. Well, and, and I, I did watch that episode because I know how much you loved it. And, and, and when you talked about it, and then I listened to the podcast after as well. But, yeah, and I – that's a it's crazy the references that they make like it's so on point sometimes and then other things that they just completely let go <laughs> yeah and that was, that was the well, we talked about this too on then at the same episode when they both leave St- Steve goes to Al do you want to hey you want to go see Mikado tonight and Al goes who's he fighting <laughs> <laughs> nice yep the first two songs Oh, better far to live and die, and I am a very model of a modern major general that he sings. Those are both from the Pirates of Penzance. Pirates of Penzance, yes. The trolley song was from Meet Me in St. Louis, and uh, the Mikado is, you know, Mikado. So, yep. I used to work at a place called Penzance Point. You you were meant to? Oh, now you have a work story. No, no, it's, just, it's a very ritzy area. I wonder, it, it's ironic though, because when I did work there, it was right by the ocean, so I wonder if that's a... Oh, it was a pirate it's a, it's a, Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Any objections, you seagoing weenie? Kill him, Paco. Rip his guts out. Show him what I mean to you, baby. I would, but... I'm wearing my good clothes. <clears throat> Besides, I am strangely attracted to this. This girl! This girl! Who wants to see? <laughs> Prepare my virgin. <laughs> that one i haven't been at sea that long it, it's like it's like a straight guy who's been locked away and he's doing life or something like maybe 27 years into this it's prison gay i'm sorry but if no there's no such thing there's no such thing as prison gay no like same as out to sea gay like no that's not gonna happen i'm not gonna all of a sudden 
just like dudes because there's no chicks around. Like, are you serious? Well, like, not, that, that, it doesn't mean that you like them necessarily. It just means that you have to have somewhere to put it. Yeah, but you know what? My hand, if unless somebody cuts That's my hands off. Saying. Yeah, but you That's haven't been saying. locked away. How do you know? You don't know what you would do. Pretty sure. Big I don't soul. know. Bud must have always given wenches a choice. Because if they're implying that this character is a virgin, and Al or Captain Courage said, as usual, he gets first choice or first crack at the girls... That means that he always says stuff like "kiss me" or "kiss the sharks" because he, if he's still a virgin, then and he always gets first choice. That means that none of these guys on this ship ever got laid. Going by all that logic, that's right. By that logic, you're you're absolutely right. Because Bud would have had to get laid for them to continue to be on the boat for the rest of the guys to get laid afterwards. Right. So if he didn't, if he has first choice and didn't get him, then no one did. I meant the red goddess. You're not taking me anywhere. I'm not going to spend one moment with you. Not with that voice and that limited repertoire. <laughs> uh, she fought them off with a sword. That didn't work out. Rubio pin-pegged to the gigantic pole Al's tied to um, with a, a knife into her hair. <laughs> so Peg's hooters are popping when she's pinned to this pole with Al. I think she looks good through the whole thing. I love her. Right. I mean, the Hooters, though. Why Jefferson would push her aside, who knows? Oh, my God. <laughs> the wandering minstrel, I think it's red. No! Now, nothing will stop me from marrying you, collecting your dowry, having my way with you, and killing you. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> Can this be my fate? Married to a man who would butcher both me and Gilbert and Sullivan? <laughs> Only one could save me. But he wasn't here. <laughs> Captain, save me, and I will be your woman. The sea and my girly magazines are my woman. <laughs> Which was the magazine we mentioned earlier. Now, that's cool for, like, supplemental and stuff, but boy, is he missing out by not being with a real chick all this time. That's his woman magazines? <laughs> for some people, that's all it takes. Yeah. Yes, but can the sea and your magazines cook and clean for you? I will. I just love that stuff. Yeah? Are you really a virgin? As sure as I love cooking and cleaning. <laughs> so that means no, I'm not again. <laughs> Thanks, Al. Thanks, Alex. No, no, no. I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> so we went, we flip-flopped like three times now. You laugh at saying that you are. Then you say men have died trying. That's why you are a virgin. Then now you're being sarcastic and saying, yeah, sure, as much as you love to cook and clean. Like, what are we doing? What's the answer? That's, that's a very fair point. Like, they're literally saying to the audience right now, we don't care. This show is, is, is popular. Like, 
we're, you know, this is how we do it around here. We're going to go as far off the rails as we want, and you're going to love it. And you know what? People do. Like, that's the thing. As far as consistency goes, everything, nothing can be taken seriously in this context. It might as well be a dream, you know, dream, story, whatever. Any of those setups where you can just completely abandon everything about every character, you know? But but you can make it make sense in the sense that she was kind of advertising herself to Paco the Magnificent at that moment. You know, she laughed when it was just Al saying it in the beginning. Then when when he said, um, I can handle you, she said, many have died trying, that's why I'm a virgin, because she wants him to pick her. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, she just lied to get that. Then we went back to reality again with Al. That makes sense. Touche. Yeah, it can work. Um, it's just is weird how they went about it, but sure, whatever. Like you said, shiver me timbers. It's a dumb show. You can't be. But again, what else am I going to talk about here? <laughs> <laughs> we have to bring up something. <laughs> well, what about kids? I don't want no kids. Oh, well, you don't have to worry about that. I'll be too busy earning us a living and bringing you kegs of ale to have children. Scarlet, you is my woman. So Al doesn't want kids. Smart guy, even for a dumb pirate. (laughs) So he is on board with this idea. So he has to break free from these chains. Scarlet, I think that's her name, has the bright idea, you know, Peg, to get Marcy to come over and show those uh, flat pancakes on her chest. And then Al breaks free from the chains just to get away from the visual. And then he gets a sword and he goes to Rubio and he says, let's rock. So Steve and Al fight with swords. They have a sword fight because that's what Rubio's into. (laughs) And it goes on forever. (laughs) There's a bell that rings like it's a boxing fight and the, 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 I love that the over the top shot yeah yeah and they sit on the <laughs> barrels and then there's like that ring girl who walks by with the round it is <laughs> yes. like again this is some book pegs reading I mean who the hell wrote this exactly <laughs> it's the most asinine pirate story I've ever heard in my life <laughs> so they're sword fighting over dinner that's the best shot it's nighttime and they're they both got those big chicken legs in their mouth Yep. Oh, like the, the big drumsticks they're chewing on while they're like, the other hand, they're like, that's so funny, man. Like, I, I don't know. I got this like kind of classic feeling, though, about that. I was like, that, it, you know, it just, it hit me all of a sudden. I'm like, that's great, though, that, yeah, even though he left the show, they kind of brought him back in a fun way like this and they can just play around. And I don't know. It was just great. Oh, it's the best. I think the whole thing, like the whole production was kind of a nod to him being on Broadway because you know, I even mentioned right. earlier we were talking about the set, how it felt like I was watching a stage play. And then, of course, with the musicals. And then he bowed to the audience and said, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think the, I think the whole thing was just um, maybe it was even a sort of a like a, a hint to the audience, maybe who'd wondered where he was. Um, maybe they're right. trying to say, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There is life after married with children, except for uh, Shane Sweet. I, and I, I always love, though, oh, yeah, well, nobody cares about that. <laughs> um, no, but there are, 
as we know, uh, there are Steve enthusiasts, you know. Um, but that's gotta that's gotta suck though for all parties involved, where you get rumors spread about yourself, and everybody's always curious as to why this person left or whatever. So I always liked when those people came back and they would team up, you know? I think of, like, Killswitch Engage when, like, one singer leaves, the other one comes back, and the original singer comes back, and then they make an album together, and it's just the greatest thing ever. And yeah, it's just the it's best like of no both. Bad here. Right! And, and, yeah, it doesn't always have to be, you know, like, oh, yeah, it was all this person's fault, you know? Um, but even more so, I like when they do say, hey, yeah, maybe we did have some beef, but we can move forward with this and you know like grow as people and not be be bitter about something happened that you know years ago or something like sure. you know as time goes people grow and you can get beyond stuff you know mm-hmm. yeah no they moved on definitely and they had no bad blood right it's great now we got bad blood <laughs> you're making me look bad in front of my woman at least she doesn't have to look at the bits of corn in your teeth <laughs> If you really look at, at Ed O'Neill when he smiles and stuff, he really doesn't have nice teeth. Better than the fizzy green ones, I guess. Yeah, or that black one. The the one that's bleeding looks okay. <laughs> but it might be bothered by the one that's fizzing or something. Wait, wait, let me move this one aside and look at this other one. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a great episode, man. That was our first episode. Yeah. What a time that was. Right? The energy. If you go back and listen to that first episode the three of us did together, uh, Ain't It the Tooth or something like that, the excitement and energy we all had to be together. And by the way, it should be your anniversary. I I do believe it was March, you guys. I think you guys have been here for two years. Oh. Wow. Do we get a cake? Well, no. It's March 21st, 2018 was your first show. So last week, Saturday, you know, four days ago, was your two-year anniversary. So this is the first time we – you. so you actually passed your two years. So now this is your first show after making your two-year anniversary, Mark. Wow. Yay. That's crazy. That's so hard to believe. <laughs> right? I can't believe the show has been going on for three years and, and almost four months. But you guys have been here for two years. Yeah, that makes us, like, we now claim it. Yeah. Ours. Just like I claimed the skeleton crew. I spent more time on that show than anybody else. Jamie's a regular carpetbagger. I am. (laughs) (laughs) So now two years now, does that mean we're in the union now? Or, like, do we get benefits? Is there any... 401k, uh, what do we get here? Well, you gotta ask the patrons, man. (laughs) It's all about them. Right? Come on, guys. Be generous. (laughs) We've done a lot for you in three years, and these guys, two years. Yeah, no ma'am hair. I know. uh, (laughs) Hair plugs uh, don't pay for themselves, folks. (laughs) Yeah, Dan wants these jokes to stop, so let's go with the the donations, man. For that you die! You fool. I was taught to fight by the greatest teachers in the finest schools in Europe. Oh, yeah? Well, I was taught how to fight in the street. 
and he knees him in the junk. And another weird coincidence, just yesterday my sister was over and we watched Weird Science and uh, Gary tells the story. Remember at the that jazz bar, the candy bar? Yes. Yeah. He goes, bitch, need my nuts. Right in the family jewels. <laughs> right in the family jewels, man. Broke my heart in two. That's not all she broke. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I thought of, Al, when I heard this. Kick me in the junk. Oh my God, Cliff O'Malley. My He's name like, is Cliff, brother of Joe. Got me some crack. I want me some hope. <laughs> Land hope. That brings back memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone who whoever's into this show will like it. Um, oh. Watch Dead Man on Campus, however you can. It stars Mark Paul Gossler from Say by the Bell. I still love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Will you cut Loda? Piss off. It's so good. Oh, my God, that movie's good. <laughs> yes. There's got to be. We used to double feature that. My friend and I used to, to watch back-to-back that and The Curve. Mm. <laughs> yes. What's up, Lesbos? <laughs> What's up, news? like... What's up, Lesbos? Because he had a lung full of uh, pot smoke. (laughs) (laughs) And Princess Scarlet lived happily ever after. He, on the other hand, was not interesting ever again. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Even I I like how Peg even looks into the camera, like shrugs, like, eh, well. And Al's in his glory at that one moment, and you know he'll never be interesting again, which is a perfect friggin' tie-in to the whole Polk High thing. Well, and didn't stop her from attacking him, though. That's what, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, get up, honey. Now go to bed. <laughs> Good boy. Go on. <laughs> Take me, Captain Courage! Who? When she did that, I was like, wow. Even though she read that part, anticlimactic ending because of that line, she still was like raring and ready to go and just jumped them. Yeah. So that was interesting. Toss that kid out of the bed so fast. Oh, yeah. And the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As quickly as she got him out of the bed, I think they got him off the show. I was watching his... Did, were you guys watching his face while she was reading to him? Yes. I was, too. And I was thinking, I was trying to decipher whether or not... He knows it's his last show? Yeah. Like, what was going on in his mind? Was he sad? You know, because was his little heart broken? Because as much as I make fun of him, you know, I don't... Like, I feel bad for him, too. You know? Poor little thing. But... Then I realized there is nothing going on behind those eyes. Like, it was just a blank slate, whatever I was looking. Do you think we should do a seven show? Or should we try to just forget this happened? (laughs) (laughs) You mean, like, favorite moments? Like a Steve... Remember our Steve send-off show? Yeah. I don't know if we have enough material for that. I know, like, (laughs) what are we going to say? Remember when he took that chick upstairs to his bedroom? And then, oh, and then remember when he took that chick upstairs to his bedroom? Yeah. Oh, but what about that time he took that chick upstairs to his bedroom? Well, no. What about, yeah, and then and then he took her to the bedroom, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, too. <laughs> remember when they threw the blanket over him? <laughs> 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 
Do you remember when he was <laughs> polishing Al's shoe? I was going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to go through each episode he's on and count how many lines he actually has. Like, how many words does that kid utter? Even in his own birthday party, how many lines does he actually have? Uh, I remember the look on everyone's face when they had to say, You know what, Dad? I, he, I think he's an official Bundy. Uh, oh. And the world collectively cringed. Dreadful. Oh, they did. They did. You know every fan was like, what? Yep. <laughs> Terry Ricolta was sitting at home laughing. <laughs> yeah, she was like, boy, you guys have fallen. <laughs> I see the end and it is good. Yeah. Let's talk about him on the wrap-up show for season seven. Yeah, oh, we'll that's do a it. We'll do, we'll a do it in memoriam. Yeah. yeah, that way we don't have to spend the whole extra week on him. Right. Oh, Peggy and the Pirates. Will we see the last of the dreaded seven and the welcoming guest spot of the greatest character to bless the primetime spot with David Garrison, a.k.a. Steve. In this episode, playing Rubio the Cruel. Rubio is a fierce, sophisticated pirate known for taking out whole crews with just his voice. He truly is a sitcom siren of the high seas, and in this episode, we see him lose to a low-end scallywag named Captain Courage, who is played by the only man who has the courage to fight a stopped-up Ferguson and live with Peggy. Steve comes through magnificently in this episode, delighting us fans with the song and dance he is known for in the series, and displays quite a way with the sword. The whole episode is chalked full of great lines, making this one of the best episodes in the late seasons, and obviously my favorite. Rubio the Cruel lives on for me, having faked his death at the hands of courage and living his pirate life with the rum and show tunes on fantastic voyages that I'm sure rival Captain Jack Sparrow, at least in my head. He in the end fared better than courage, who, much like Al, was taken by the great fire of misery that is marriage. So with that, I leave you to continue writing my Rubio the Cruel fan fiction. Thanks for listening, and oh yeah, Alex, nice hat, Steve. Alright guys, how many show tunes are you singing on a pirate ship out of five for this episode, Dan? I am singing all day, five out of five. I love this episode. Wow. It was so, so much fun. Like I said, I'm so glad I went back and, and watched it a second time. Um, all the jokes were just perfect fire. Um, very few, um, you know, misses, I guess, if you, if you would even call them that, um, some of the jokes, you know, not exactly my personal preference, but they were still good jokes. Uh, the Jefferson jokes were, were off the charts. I thought, uh, how they use Marcy was just great too. Like every single joke at her expense was just perfect. Uh, and like you said, they used everybody. They they even had Buck in there. You know, um, I thought I thought everybody kind of got their day in the sun. You know, with Kelly, uh, you know, up doing the plane thing even, and then with Bud, and obviously you got Al and Peg that are front and center along with Marcy and and Jefferson, and you even got Steve. And listen, I'm not mad Steve was on this episode. I I loved the whole setup. I thought it was great. Um, like you said, the set design was was fantastic fantastic good for them and obviously uh this is seven's departures so five out of five hands down loved it nice 
Jamie, how many show tunes are you singing on a pirate ship out of five for this episode? I am singing five. Wow. Yeah, all that stuff Dan said, exactly. Right? Yeah, you kind of really encapsulated it. I'll try to elaborate, but... Yeah, I, too, am singing five show tunes out of five since I was a little kid. I, rec- I think I recorded this on first run. And, oh, another episode, I just mauled. Like, it was so good. It's just, it brings back such great memories. I feel like we're going to revisit it, too, on the wrap-up show. This is definitely one of those memorable episodes. Oh, and Steve being there just makes it magic. Yeah. Like, truly. Yep. It's a beautiful set. It's so cozy. I love it. I love Al's acting. How he's just like, like how they, the approach he took to being a pirate. I, I love how he thought uh, Peg would be impressed with his earwax. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what is she supposed to do? It's like, oh, no. Oh, okay. And he's done that on the couch, too, you know. Right, it was like a that's like a caveman thing to do, though. Yeah. <laughs> like what what woman in any era? You mean would like want hold you? their women by their feet? <laughs> right, like it seemed like something like that, like like a like plunger, pressing her with yeah, with earwax. Like what? <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah. At the end of this episode too, there's a still frame of Captain Courage standing victorious with Peg instead of the usual Alan Peg on a couch as the credits are going. Yep, that was cool. Yeah, that's cool too. Different, yeah. From the beginning, yeah, Peg in bed reading the story to Seven, and ha- yeah, yeah, you're right, having this be his departure and stuff. Like Jamie said, you almost want to feel sorry for the kid, like looking into his eyes and wondering what's going on in his soul as he knows his big break was cut short. You know, do you feel bad now because he's gone? It's one of those things where it's like, no, if you're asking me, like, would I want him to stay? No. <laughs> you know? Do I feel bad as a, for him as a human being? Sure. But I don't, I don't want him on my show. <laughs> it would be great if he got a, a job somewhere else right. as a compensation. Then, yeah, I feel bad. He added nothing to the show. It became more interesting to see what they did to get rid of him than to see what he was doing. That was the whole thing, right? <laughs> right. And you remember one of his best jokes were off screen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting from a fan's perspective to see how these things not only play out in real life, but then how you see it play out on on the TV show. And this has got to be one of the most bizarre additions or and and you know subsequently his his removal ever of all time oh yeah right it's crazy so at the very least it's it's infamous you know i think it's legendary it's it's talked about i think would you say are you glad it happened just because we have this moment to talk about sort of it's interesting. It, you you don't see that that much, it, you know. And there are shows that have different things happening with different people at different times. But I've never, me personally, I haven't seen a more bizarre one than this. No. <laughs> it just begs the question: Why? Why? Why did you do it in the first place? You know. Like you said, like it's almost more interesting the the quick departure of it all. 
it's funny how quickly they they pumped the brakes. They dialed back so fast, mm-hmm. um, so obviously. And the one time they focused on him, it was so forced that it was a tr- truly a disaster. That thing in the park with his birthday, right? Left, right, and center. Everything about it was bad. That just meant. The one time we tried with him to really make him something, it just was not working. Like, it just wasn't meant to be here. Exactly. It's fascinating. It didn't hurt my show or my uh, enjoyment of this show. I think ratings did decline, though, actually, when he came on. So I guess it did hurt the show. Right. But, uh, but it didn't hurt what I thought of it. I really have had a great time in season seven. Right? I mean, have we been, like, slogging through this? No. No, I've had a good time. Right. So, so far, I'm my money's on season eight is the shark jumper. I really don't think this jumped the shark, unless the next, like, five or six episodes are horrendous. I'm going to go ahead and say that it didn't jump here. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it's still going fine to me. So, the other amazing thing about today is the fact that you two that time is here again are celebrating now your second anniversary on the married with children podcast yep your first show was march 21st 2018 it does not seem that long ago at all it really doesn't and i always said the day that i'm on this show for two years is the day the world will end (laughs) well it worked out Ironically, yes. Um, But, (laughs) you know, in a lot of ways, though, it's weird. You said two years. I feel like we're just getting started. Well, when you think of what we have left to go, it's incredible. And what you've done is amazing. (laughs) You started off at show 62, and this show is 149. Wow. That is crazy. And I'll say this, too. You know, you've been there, obviously, since day one. You know, um, you conceived this whole show. Um, it's It's been yours since day one. And bringing us on, you know, I, I'll say this. Podcasts are, are hard to do for extended lengths of time like that, you know, especially when you're adhering to a weekly schedule. And stuff like that. So um, doing it with you guys, though, it never like seems like work. It's 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 seriously like always a pleasure, always a good time. Like if you would have asked me years ago if I'd be doing a weekly Married with Children podcast, I'd first be what's what is a podcast? And and but it's just it's awesome though to do it with you guys because you know anytime we get together to do anything, it's always just a blast and. Uh, I never would have expected it, but it's 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 seriously like the greatest thing ever. And I I look at sitcoms differently now, and I look at everything differently now. So it's been great since uh, since day one. And like I said, I feel like we're just starting. Like I feel like we are just beginning. So let's do it. Well, we have a uh, hundred and uh, roughly ten or twelve episodes to go. Believe it or not. <laughs> and we only have season 8, 9, 10, and 11 Just four seasons to go And I remember getting past the fourth season And how quickly that came And now here I am three seasons later 
And I'm like, where does it all... It's a weird thing, time. It still feels like new. Like, I wonder if anyone else thinks that. Like, when I talk to, like, Annabelle and, you know, people behind the scenes and stuff who, like, were there with me, were like, oh, so you're so you're really into this, huh? So what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Would you like to join the research team? All those conversations still feel like they just happened. Right. To think I've known Annabelle for three years is it blows my mind. Right. I guess Jamie got the ball rolling in the whole thing where, well, if if you need any, because that was the whole time um, Jerry and Justin things were falling apart. Jerry's health just took a turn for the worse. We all know that, and thank you to everybody who donated to to the thing because we um, took a collection for him because. I forgot what it was, like his insurance wouldn't cover his medicine or something? It's it's horrible, man. I, I, and I see it all the time, and it's it's devastating for people. Yeah, it's it's bad. Mm-hmm. So that's still going on, and those reasons are reasons he can't be here. Basically, the whole show was retooled. Uh, Justin left at that time because he was doing so much, he couldn't take on the responsibilities Jerry had. And then we talked about the responsibilities with us. And um, Jamie said if... If you need another person or whatever, just let me know. That's all you have to do. And yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. When you said that, it was like the clouds lifted and like you hear like the, the, that music, you know, like uh, like Ralphie when they told him to write a theme in a Christmas story. Well, little did, little did you know that I was totally jealous. I wasn't doing with it, doing it with you from the very beginning. Really? Yeah. I always wanted to be here. I just figured no one is as into this show as I was, so I didn't even think to ask you to. And I was like, well, they're not going to do it, so I might as well start fresh. And I told you this, though, since day one, like, I, when you asked me, without hesitation. Like, I don't, I don't even have to think about it. And here's why. It has nothing to do with the show. It has to do with you being my friend. And here's the thing. Especially, you see this in podcasts, you see this in a lot of other, um, you know, outlets that are kind of similar. Uh, anytime somebody's putting up a YouTube video or putting out a podcast or whatever, uh, you know, everybody wants to entertain. Everybody wants to add their own personal flair to it. And since day one, not only has Alex been like one of the most ambitious people that I've ever, I, I guess, worked with, but podcasted with, he's so tuned in to exactly what he wants and that is a great trait but a lot of people find it hard to carry that across and actually you know um uh turn that into a real thing uh ferment that into something where you know people are going to want to listen to it and you know obviously doing the skeleton crew with you i knew that your capabilities surpassed anything for so it didn't matter what we were doing so when you had asked me, hey, do you want to do a marriage? Which it didn't. It didn't really matter what it was because anytime we all get together, it's always a great time. And I trust that you know 
you're gonna you're gonna lead us in the right direction and that's why it's been a pleasure these past you know couple years and then before that <laughs> it was a pleasure with the skeleton crew too so it's right. just it's, it's always great experiences like and you can't get these things back you know these are always recorded these will always be here forever that they're a great little time capsule to look oh, back yeah. on different times in our life like we can literally look back on you know the, the Christmas episodes now like I know I did that with uh, with the Kinison episode when when Christmas came around last last year and it's just it's already been a staple of my life personally and and that's why like I said I will I'll dude you want to do anything bro I'm right there with you Wow. yeah man crew for life it's always been that way the crew is family yeah, remember that saw you made or whatever? <laughs> yeah, the I still have that, that picture. We did together. The first shows that we did together. And and oddly enough, you know, I know we all podcasted before that and stuff, but none of them are, are honestly that memorable until we all get together. And, and those shows I remember, all the retros that we did, I remember, you know, and now these shows as well. It's like I'll always remember these. And plus, have you heard how we talk about you when you're not around? If you ever listen <laughs> right? to other podcasts where we are guesting on somebody else's show, or even when I'm on Dan's show, which I am <laughs> quite a bit, um, and I and I love it. But whenever we are together, or even individually, if it ever comes up. Uh, if anyone ever talks about like podcasting and history, podcasting, all of this, your name always gets dropped <laughs> as uh, seriously one of the best producers right. ever, wow. ever. Thank you. And it's because we both recognize the amount of work that you put in and how good you are at it. And it's been that way from the beginning. Like you have, it was like you were a natural, you know, you just sort of picked it up and went with it. And it's kind of legendary. <laughs> it is. It is. There's a lot of different ways you can approach a podcast. You know, um, some people just just do the bare bones stuff. But I don't know. Alex has always had not only an ear, but um, a realization that it's more than just listening to something. It's it's like a feeling. So to try and transcend just you know talking on a microphone, I think that you're one of the only people. You and a couple others. You're you're the highest of the mountaintop there are a couple others that have kind of done similar things but it's always been cream of the crop like always always the best around man wow thanks guys i mean i was gonna say all this stuff about you two because because <laughs> it's like <laughs> i i love being with the two of you it just feels like home every time like no matter where we go if it's a nudie bar or the dungeon or whatever it just always feels like that's where we're supposed to be once Jamie said that, like I said, the clouds lifted, and then when Dan heard, I, I told him what you said, knowing you were going to be the other person is a thing that made him say, well, just so you know, that goes for me, too. I mean, he knew that that meant the crew was getting back together. Well, I think we were supposed to. <laughs> well, speaking of everyone... Uh, Alex has recently introduced me to some comments, and I've said it before, like, I don't read comments because it scares me like <laughs> <laughs> I um, I just I'm much happier if I don't I mean because sometimes especially like YouTube comments they're just right. 
cesspools, you know. And I'm not oh, saying our I'm not saying our listeners. I'm just saying in general. Oh yeah, generally. The, you know, I have sometimes like cooking shows that I watch on YouTube, and if I happen to scroll down and see the comments, it's like you know you need to kill yourself. Yeah, over a chicken sandwich, like. <laughs> What is wrong with people? You know, so I just I stay away from them because I don't need the negativity. But what Alex has shown me is that our listeners are just incredible. They're really wonderful, and they hit on uh, repeatedly some of the things that you were just saying, like the chemistry. You know, that uh, people can tell that we enjoy working together. That we. I think it, I think it's pretty obvious that we've been together for a while. Right. I don't think people listening to the show would know that, but we've been we've been working together for years, way, way many many years before married with children. Yeah, two for eight full years now. And imagine what people thought like when the you rework a whole show and you're like, well, guess what, guys? Two thirds of the show is different. Blah blah. So they're probably like cringing and like, well, let's see if I like this. And luckily, that first show, Tooth or Consequences, that was probably one of our best shows we've done here together because it had that fresh, new, energetic feeling of doing something new together. And it was, it just was so interesting. And um, imagine that they were like, uh, wow, these three have really good chemistry. I thought this would bomb. And, you know, for I don't know if we mentioned it heavily that we worked together prior, but... Uh, so that must have been great for people to hear. That must have been like a really nice uh, introduction into the new cast here. And the people Jamie was mentioning uh, we've been reading lately is uh, Vincent T. Is uh, one of the dudes on YouTube. And um, the other one is uh, John Blazini 69 and Gravy Dog 316 Like, there's a few regular posters. We appreciate you all. Thank you all for yeah, liking thanks, the videos. Guys. Right. Yeah, I might actually start paying attention now and, and maybe actually try to do some interaction. You know, um, I always interact with people on Facebook or even Twitter. If people tweet me, you know, I, uh, I'll inter- and I love that interaction. I love talking to people who share the same interests that I do, whether it be horror films or right. this show or whatever. If someone you know wants to reach out and get into a conversation i i love it that's one of that's why i do this it's my favorite thing so i have you know been actively avoiding the youtube people and because just because i was afraid and so now i see that no there's nothing to be afraid of we have wonderful <laughs> people listening to this show and i would like to be more interactive with them so don't be surprised if you see me pop up in the comments here i think gravy dog and i would get along Dude, any Married with Children fan is badass, and and anyone who listens to this show obviously is too. I mean, if they're that into it, how could they be jerks? You know, it, it right. it's rare. I mean, listen, one or two have popped up on on YouTube. I'll be honest, but no, most of the people listening to the show are cool, and it's it's a reflection of the show and what they're into and what we're into. So we we do get along with our YouTubers. So that's that's great. Tune in next week. As we review, go for the old. Al becomes obsessed with his age after a theater cashier gives him a senior citizen's discount. <laughs> I would, I see, if I got one of those, I might have went to see The Invisible Man last month. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's what, <laughs> I wish he did. I know.